Well, my this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Branch Isole. Branch, are you ready to do this? Good morning, George. I am ready, my brother. All right, sir. Branch is back on the show. He's the founder of Five Small Business Startups. He's a spiritual consciousness thought leader. He's the author of 22 books. His newest, Breaking Free, will be out in early 2023. Branch, welcome back. Tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me back on. I've been looking forward to reuniting with you. Uh, I'm a writer. I write about contemporary adult life situations. Um, my focus is on three different areas, fundamentals, the link between choice and consequence, the power of truth in our lives, and establishing balance. And with those three three general themes, I'm, I'm writing about uh, situations that Adults face and adults know either firsthand or perhaps through a family member or an acquaintance. But the things that we relate to are the things that affect each of us. So that's my focus in the writing. The things we relate to are the things that that impact and affect all of us. We're all going through similar things. Exactly. It's exactly, you know, a lot of people who are struggling a lot of times think, you know, I'm the only one in the situation. I'm the only one feeling these emotions. I'm the only one who's battling this struggle. And, and the fact is, you know, that's what life is about. And I have found that we all experience a variety, but similar lessons in life and that's to help us grow and continue growing and so when we hit a rough spot or down a little bit you know things aren't going the way we had planned uh, instead of beating ourselves up about you know the rejection or the failure that we just experienced the idea is to take what we can learn out of every experience and continue to grow and move forward Every opportunity to do that gives us a chance to become a better person, become a better father, better wife, better husband, uh, you, you know, a better employee, whatever our situation is. Uh, life is about relationships, and our daily life is full of relationships and uh, pressure and stress and struggle. The idea is how do we handle that momentary setback and make it work to our advantage going forward. Yes. How do we do that, Brands? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have found that in my work with people, the two biggest obstacles that they encounter, and especially people who are truly struggling in that cycle of not hitting what their goal is, you know, not accomplishing what that task requires two things that hold them back number one is insecurities and that can be anything that's you know that little voice that we have in our mind that kind of takes us to a place we don't want to be so all of those insecurities i'm, I'm too short i'm too fat i'm too bald uh you know whatever it may be whatever that internal struggle is that secure insecurity 
is usually grounded way back. It's kind of part of the baggage that we carry along. So the first thing is to get over that insecurity, realize, just like we just spoke, you're not the only one in that struggle. You're not the only one, you know, who has something that they're not happy with about themselves. If you can't change it, then you just learn to adapt and make it work for you, whatever that might look like. So that's the first one, deal with the insecurity. The second one, which everyone faces, but especially in business, is that rejection. You know, as a, as a writer, as an author, and congratulations on your new book. So Thank now you. you're going to discover, as a writer, you know, our intent is to help change lives, to help our readers become better people in their life. And what you find is some people accept what you've written and other people said it's not for them. And so a lot of times a writer or anybody, but a writer feels rejection when sales don't go, you know, as they had wanted or they get some feedback that is not exactly uh, awe-inspiring. So rejection, you know, can you handle rejection? And and so many times people who are being rejected for whatever reason, but especially again in business, take it personally. And it's generally not personal. So the, the idea is to separate that personal emotion with, you know, the job that you just did. And if it doesn't work out and you're rejected, then you find out why they rejected it. And again, tweak it, adjust it, go to a different place, make it better for the next presentation. So insecurity and rejection. If you can handle those two, then you're way ahead of the curve in terms of you know your mental health and going forward in that positive, reinforcing, make it better the next time kind of attitude. And all of this is predicated on my me having a North Star, some kind of a guiding light that I'm moving towards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all have ambitions and goals. Um, we, we grow up with that instilled in us. Um, you know, that's what all team sports are about. That's what all group um, functioning and, you know, no matter what it may be, the chess club or debate club doesn't have to be physical, but we all have those goals and ambitions based on who we are and our cumulative learning. And so we've got to have something that compass that North Star that keep us focused, you know, headed towards that goal. And, and that's one of the fun things you find about great leaders and great business leaders is they've got a focus. Most importantly, they've got a plan. Somebody asked me the other day, can you give me one specific that will guarantee success in life? And, and I thought about it for a long time. And the one I came up with is be prepared, right? You've got to be prepared for success. You've also got to be prepared for failure. You've got to be prepared for the, that gain. You've got to be prepared for that rejection. And the great Example of that is from that program, Mad Men, the advertising agency, and the Don Draper character. You know, he was so smooth and so effective because he had prepared for every contingency. 
And, you know, this is what you, you can see it today in the, the battle in Ukraine. You know, obviously, Mr. Putin wasn't as well prepared for the combat as he thought he was. And so preparation is a real key. If you prepare and then you've got a plan to implement that preparation, whether, you know, the outcome is positive or negative, you can adjust quickly, readjust and tweak going forward. And that's the idea is whether I win or lose in this particular situation, what I can learn from both the win or the loss, if I analyze and then extrapolate, then I can be better prepared for the next opportunity. I certainly agree. And and, and, and I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. And I imagine, and I guess for me, uh, and people that I've observed, frustration happens when I don't get the results that I'm looking for quick enough, fast enough, or my expectations are too high or too low. What do you think about that? Square peg, round hole. <laughs> you know, so many times, just like you said, we have those expectations of ourselves, and, you know, even we've prepared we're ready to go. We get in there and we get a curveball, right? And our first instinct is to make it work. And so we try to we try to put that square peg in that round hole. And I have found so many times when I've been frustrated by not accomplishing that goal that I had in mind, as I go back and analyze and reflect. I suddenly realized that I was trying to force that match. And um, in realizing that I was trying to force it, it gives me that opportunity to go back and look at it again and see what I could have done different. So don't beat yourself up. Look for the better option and don't try to put that square peg in the round hole. If it doesn't gel, then it doesn't gel try to find out why it didn't gel and then make the adjustment. But I, I find a lot of people, you know, just keep pushing ahead and trying to jam that peg in that hole. And, and if it's not going to go, it's not going to go. That's not the lesson. The lesson is to learn why it didn't go and then tweak or readjust. So the next time in a similar situation, you've got a better match. Resistance is going to show up in some form or fashion. It's whether it's a an, an absolute brick wall versus I'm trudging through snow or mud that's slowing me down a little bit, but I'm still moving ahead. Well, it's interesting you bring up resistance because resistance is a great indicator of growth. And when we meet resistance, it's not necessarily shutting us out. It may be stopping us for the moment, but it's giving us an opportunity again to reanalyze and to move forward. And with that next success, you know, comes that growth. And that's what life is all about is growing, is becoming a better person, becoming a better you, becoming that real person that you want to be the one that's inside not the one that you show to the world every day with your mask but the one 
that's motivating you to be that better person, better person at work, better person with your family, uh, better person in your community. And if you can become that better person, then what you're giving back and your service, uh, you know, it's like a flower that goes from bud to bloom. Once it begins, there's no stopping it. You know, it's going to bloom as full as it can be. And so it's that sort of the same thing with us growing. We're at bud when we start and when we get fertilizer and water and, and the things that we need and we begin to grow, that growth won't be stopped unless we stop it. I was listening to uh, <clears throat> I was listening to I think it was a podcast or it was a clip of a podcast or something like that. Um <laughs> Because sometimes it seems like all I do is consume podcasts or beyond podcasts, stuff like that branch. The the person was talking about how consistency can be a bad thing because if you're just showing up and not getting results, um, it's not serving you. I thought well, that that's that, that's that's really interesting because I guess that's a there's a continuum of what results really are and and what results I'm really looking for so consistency in itself I think is a really really positive thing but also doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different results is a very very stupid thing so what are your thoughts on that well consistency is essential for stability right it gives us a benchmark it gives us a starting point. It gives us a measurement of how we're doing. The problem, what you've described in my estimation, is when we get comfortable, mm. right? Sort of Pink Floyd, comfortably numb. And then we're on autopilot. If you're on autopilot, you can only you know, reach that place when you get, when you're on autopilot and you reach that elevation, unless you change the autopilot, you're not going to ascend or descend. So consistency is necessary, right? It helps us focus. It helps guide our efforts. But a lot of people, you know, and you see it wherever you work, there's always somebody who's kind of coasting. And instead of their energies invigorating them and having helping them do a better job they get comfortably numb in their comfort zone and then not only do they not grow um, they're not as productive as they could be so i'm with you on the consistency as long as it doesn't get into that cruising and comfort zone uh, there's no growth there you know we are stimulated when we grow and it happens emotionally, it happens psychologically, it can happen, you know, with our income. Um, every time we grow, we get a feeling about ourselves that that's the only time you get that feeling is when you are making progress and actually moving forward in your life. And so if you can balance the consistency, you know, always showing up, always doing your best, being the best you that you can be, then you've got that opportunity for growth. And, and again, it gets down to balance. You know, I've got to be the best person I can be. And in order to do that, I have to be balanced. I've got to have a consistency and a stability that not only am I comfortable with, but that it works for me 
without me getting into a comfort zone that won't work for me. Well said. If I'm consistently gaining a pound every month, I'm going to wake up a couple of years from now and be, you know, 40 pounds overweight. So consistency in that regard is <laughs> is certainly not serving me. And I laugh because I've, I've I've been in that, you know, in that consistent rhythm at different stages of 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 life. So ensuring or well, making it, George, yeah, you you balance balance. You can't, you know, we can you can't move forward. Uh, unabated at breakneck speed indefinitely, right? You've got that. It's just like a ball player, um, baseball player, you know, goes into a slump. Well, how do you get out of the slump? And that's the key. You know, you, you know you're going to come back, but you've got to reanalyze what's making you, um, keeping you in that slump. You've got to reanalyze. So, we can't go full bore all the time. You've got to have some downtime. This is one of the problems I find with, you know, work today for so many people, especially with our technology, they're always working, you know, they're on call literally 24 seven and always answering the demands of whomever, or whatever, their job, their family, you know, their community, their groups. And when you are making yourself available at an instance notice to reply and you get into that mode, you know, you're in this breakneck and then you're in this slump and you're in this breakneck and you're something and that's not good for your mental or your physical health. So balance and consistency work hand in hand. You work hard, but you've got to, you know, play hard or have that rest time. You've got to have more than just, your work you aren't your job you've got to attend to your family you've got to attend to other matters so balance 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 what a great uh the 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 example of being in a slump if you're a baseball player what a what a wonderful uh what a wonderful analogy that is because it's so easy to fall into that and you need to do something to break out of it. You need a slump buster or whatever it might be. And there's great movies about how people have done that just fictionally. And I'm sure in real life, there's there's wonderful stories about that too. Well, I'm every constantly... story about over every story about overcoming adversity is exactly what you described, right? In the big leagues, um, three hundred or three thirty three means big bucks. But if you think about it, that's just one out of every three efforts. So, you know, your rationalization or whatever your metric may be, um, it, you, you don't look at it as a slump. You look at it as an opportunity to retool, you know, to, to relearn uh, so that when you go into battle the next time, again, you're better prepared. Learn from that at bat or you struck out or grounded out or just didn't get on base or whatever the case may be and utilize that going into the next opportunity. I love it. You think that, do you think that most people want that? I have a tendency to try to, I was thinking this morning, 
Um, and we can just use use whatever context if it's being physically healthy or financially healthy or spiritually healthy or having a great relationship. There's going to be people at at one end of the spectrum that are doing all the right things all the time and they don't need any help. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum that it's it's sad, but probably possible that they're never going to get it right. And then there's that big middle group. Um, what do you think about that? Just from a humanity standpoint, how many people are capable of of doing the things that we've been talking about or is is everybody i believe everybody is capable you know again what the the number one thing that holds us back from being successful in our lives is our own thoughts particularly about ourselves you know when you get down it's easy to stay there. Um, we start to feel sorry for ourselves. We start to blame, you know, or make excuses. We don't want to take responsibility. And as long as we won't or don't take personal responsibility for our choices and their subsequent outcomes or consequences, then it's easy for us to not, you know, look in the mirror and see the real us. It's too easy to, to make an excuse or to, to pass the blame. You know, this is the key to great leadership. Uh, you know, what you described is the bell curve. You know, if you remember being in school, you know, there's always that bell curve of the grades that are given out. And those who excel, excel for a variety of reasons. But number one is they believe in themselves. They believe they can do it. And Every story of overcoming adversity is fundamentally that. I believe I can get through this. I believe I can make this work. And, you know, at the other end, humans are, are basic animals. And so some excel and some just don't care or just are not interested. Great leaders recognize in their teams, no matter how large or small the team may be, they recognize every member's strengths and weaknesses and they let the strong run because they don't need a lot of assistance or mentoring or teaching they recognize the strengths of those who are struggling and they work with those people to enhance or bolster those strengths and reduce the weaknesses that they have are we all going to be 100% winners all the time? No way. Life doesn't work that way. But in recognizing my strengths, then I play to those strengths every time and in every situation that I can. You know, a great example is my wife and I, you know, there's just the two of us. At this moment, we live as balanced a life as we can. And I'll explain it like this. You know, when we face a situation where we need to decide something about our life, we look at what the situation is, we look at possible outcomes, and then we decide which one of us has the better skill set to lead. And so we try to get, you can never get exactly to 50-50. You know, ideally, that would be equilibrium. But what we shoot for is 51-49. And so what happens is when we are going to make a decision about our life and we're required to, you know, make that happen, 
we decide which one of us has the better skill set to be the leader and the other one will be the cheerleader. And this changes with every situation that we are in in our life, whether it's, you know, home improvement or career or, you know, my books, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I do all the writing. She does all the hard work because she's skilled in doing that detail hard work that's necessary to get the book from idea to actual book. That's our key to success is, you know, I don't go, well, I'm the man, so I'm the one who knows and it's my way or we're not doing it. You know, when she's the leader, she's the leader and I and the cheerleader. And so she makes the ultimate decision because I have uh, my vested interest is in her doing the best she can in that situation. So, you know, I, I suggest give up the macho stuff, give up the, you know, I'm the leader, I'm the head of the household, or I'm the leader of the group. You know, we get farther ahead when we have more minds involved. What we're looking for is solutions, not just temporary answers. So when you've got the skills, be the leader. When somebody else is leading, be the cheerleader and move to forward together. Well, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And how, how long have you and, 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 and your wife sort of known that about one another? Oh, wow. Uh, actually, we, we've been together 22 years, almost 23 years now. And the interesting thing is we have always worked together ever since we met. So we have been together 24-7 for the last 23 years. Nice. Except except for about eight weeks taking care of personal family, you know, business that one or more of us had one of us had to take care of. So we've been together um actively together nonstop. And so we learned pretty quickly. Um, and we, we were, you know, mid-age when we met. So we'd been through all of that previous cycle of, you know, uh, I want the credit, I'm right, that kind of thing. I, you know, that's typically a male thing. But um, I was blessed that when I met her, she was very successful in her own life and in her own right. And so she was successful with herself you know she knew who she was so it worked real well and it worked really easily for us um knowing right off the bat <laughs> and, and learning how astute she was in business and, and all of these other skill sets that she had it was a no-brainer for me um I, i'm just really a lucky guy in that way that i can let her do it without any qualm or thought that she's going to mess it up. She does much better at everything than I do because that's who she is. But with that confidence, you know, she came out of a previous relationship where she wasn't allowed that. And so she knew what she didn't want. And when we got together very quickly, we understood what both of us wanted. So it worked really well for us but it was a little bit harder for me to let go than her but once you know we got in that cycle of making things happen it became very obvious um you know okay you've got the skill set 
I'm going to rely on you to to move us forward. And so breaking that breaking down that psychological sense that I have to be the one who decides or I'm the one that's always right or it's going to be my way or no way, that kind of relationship will only continue to struggle. You know, it's interesting that we get into relationships, especially, you know, personal or intimate relationships with this idea that you are the one that I choose to be with sort of you know, for the rest of my life kind of thing in in a partnership or a marriage relationship. And yet those same feelings of freedom and let's do it together and we're going to conquer, you know, the world together and that kind of thing that is indicative and often very uh, natural and habitual in the beginning of the relationship sometimes, you know, has that brick wall, that stopping point. And I, I often say, you know, people say, well, the man says, well, that, I've always been that way, right? And my question is, that's the way you were when you dated? You know, that's how you behaved when you were courting? That's what your responses were that first year together? And the reality was you you haven't always been that way, right? You were a totally different person when the relationship was new and when it was burgeoning and and, you know, everything was in your mind as you wanted it to be. What happens is, you know, we get to know each other a little bit better, just like at a work situation. In the interview stage, both parties put best foot forward. Within about six months, you know, you start to really understand that, well, they didn't exactly tell me this in the interview. And the company realizes that, you know, you were great in the interview, but you have an alcohol problem. So as the relationship evolves and develops, we learn more about the other party. The question is, knowing a little more about the truth now, how are we going to respond? How are we going to handle this? Well, the ultimate question then comes back to what are the goals? You know, what are we trying to accomplish together? And then how do we do that? based on this new knowledge that we have of each other. And this is where so many relationships, be it personal or uh, work relationships, you know, start to have cracks or the fault line starts to open up. And if you don't address those things as quickly as possible, then they can compound, become real issues. And, and the larger the issue, the more terminal the relationship can become. So it's identifying, you know, the way I felt originally, I want to feed that feeling so that I can be the best partner that I can be. Um, that's the idea. Again, if I'm consistently growing myself, then my growth spills over into my relationships. The minute I quit growing, you know, I'm no longer contributing. And that's when the problems start. Well said. Well, Branch, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get where where can they find your books? Thanks, George. I appreciate it. I've got a website, I've got a YouTube channel. Um, you can just go to my name, Branchy Soleil, just Google that. It'll give you all the links, all my podcast links, my writing, all the books, all the ebooks. Excellent. 
Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Branch your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Enter into your favorite search engine, Branch Isole. It's B-R-A-N-C-H-I-S-O-L-E. And all things Branch will appear to you magically through the through the wonder that is the internet. <laughs> Thanks again, Branch. Hey, George. Hey, can I say one more thing? If, if your listeners yes. have enjoyed our program today, uh, take 30 seconds, go to the Lifeblood podcast, give George a big thumbs up and a review, and help him bring you more great guests with interesting topics for your life. Amen. Thank you, sir. Hey, bud. Thank you. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.